podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Monday afternoon, so not so much lunchtime today. Uh, it is a Monday after an international break, so obviously no Liverpool game to talk about, but there was plenty of international football, and if you want to know what happened, you're more than welcome to go and have a look, because I paid absolutely no attention to any of the international nonsense that took place over the weekend. What I did do is I watched lots of international rugby, because... Club football, much better than club rugby. International rugby, much, much better than international football. And obviously the Rugby World Cup is on and Ireland are one of the better teams in it. So uh, I will be watching as much of that as possible. Uh, We'll just go around the main Liverpool websites and see what we have. Uh, This is Anfield, their lead story. Four things we've learned from Liverpool's season so far, obviously very early in the season, but... There have been certain things that have stood out, and Joanna Durkin's put together a list of four. So the first being that we have a real gem in Dominic, and he couldn't agree more. I mean, he has been unbelievably good since minute one. Unbelievably good. Everything about his game is exceptional. There's just nothing, there's no flaw in his game. He's got pace and power. He's got incredible technical ability. He's got an unbelievable engine. He can dribble. He can shoot. He can play any pass. His crossing is good. It's He's a wonder. He absolutely is a wonder, and he is going to be a transformative player for us. Of that, I have no doubt. Alisson proves why he is the best again, and obviously we've needed Ali to be big this season because we were not good against Chelsea. We played a long time against Bournemouth with 10 men and an even longer time against Newcastle with 10 men. And even in the easiest of the games against Villa, where we were comfortable, he still made one excellent save from Matty Cash. So Ali has been huge, as he always is. He had that silly first 15 against Bournemouth because the whole team was, I don't know, they'd been out in the piss, whatever. They were celebrating... Bobby's birthday early or late or whatever. I I don't know what they were doing, but, you know, they were doing something in homage to Bobby and playing drunk, but they they sobered up and then they were fine. Uh, Creators to the right, obviously that new right-hand side, Trent, Dominic and Mo, they've just been sensational. They've created 23 shots between them, six goal contributions, three goals, three assists. They've been magnificent. They really, really have been magnificent. And Trent has had a couple of iffy spells in games, but against Villa, he was just different class. And, you know, Mo is Mo. We know what we're going to get from Mo week in, week out. He's always going to be a threat 
And Dominic has been a real difference maker in there. To go from Henderson to him is like when we went from Lovren to Van Dyke. It is that level of upgrade. A timely reality check. Uh, we had 35% possession, which is an absolute joke. That should not happen. That was Jurgen after the draw away to Chelsea. Uh, the first time in five years Liverpool had had a percentage of the ball that little. Uh, we've averaged 56% in the three games since. But we were just a mess at Chelsea. We really were. Now, they weren't good either. We made them look good. We made them look solid defensively, which we've since found out they're not. We've made them look inventive through the middle third, which we've since found out they've not. They did show they couldn't finish at all, and that has continued to be the case. But they are awful. A billion quid spent on that. Whenever you just have a little downer that, you know, we're not going to win the league this year, it could always be worse. We could be Chelsea. We could be United. It could always be so much worse. Uh, What else have this is Anfield got for us? Why Darwin Nunes can be more than Captain Chaos for Liverpool this season. That's Adam Beatty's latest. It's very, very good. I do recommend giving that one a read when you have a chance. Uh, Liverpool's squad depth for the 23-24 season. How Jurgen Klopp is already being tested. Look, Jurgen will only have himself to blame if we have issues with depth because this is the way he chooses to have the squad built. Uh, But they've done... I, I assume this is an ode to Mr. Dan. Um, they've put in a, a, a depth chart. So keepers, Allison, Kelleher, Adrian. I think you'd include Pitaluga, probably over Adrian, given Adrian is not good at all. Uh, right back, Trent, Connor Bradley. Joe Gomez would be the third option there if everyone was fit, but obviously with Connor already injured. And Trent carrying a knock, it may be that Joe has to play there in our next game. Uh, right side centre-back, Kanate and Matip. Left side centre-back, Van Dijk, Gomez and Kwanzaa. I assume Kwanzaa can play both sides. Left back, Robertson and Simicus. Holding midfield, you've got Endo, you've got McAllister, you've got Besetic. I assume we'll see Thiago there actually more often than Besetic this year. I, I don't think Stefan's going to play a huge amount. I think they're going to have to be very careful how they manage his minutes. Uh, right side of the midfield, Zabozlai, Elliot, and Gravenberch. Left side, McAllister, Jones, and Thiago. I think, I think Gravenberch will play more left side than right side. I think McAllister will play as the nominal six because we don't have one. Um, I think it will be Dominic, Alexis, and then a rotating cast in that left sided role between Jones, Gravenberch, and Thiago. Um, Right wing, Salah and Ben Doak. I think Harvey Elliott should be there personally. Uh, Left wing, Diaz, Gakpo, Jota. I would say Jota is ahead of Gakpo on the left. And then through the middle, Nunes, Gakpo, Jota. And I think that's the right order. Look, it's not not ideal. It's not strong enough. It's got holes in it. But at the same time, it has been refreshed. The attack looks strong, especially if you include Harvey. The midfield, barring that starting calibre six, is strong. It's a good group. Defensively is where the biggest holes are in terms of depth. Um, Connor Bradley's injury, Joe Gomez's 
lack of consistency. That's a concern. Matip, Matip is a good player, but he is clearly on the decline. But if he's fit and we play him often enough to keep him in rhythm, Joe Matip is still a good centre-back. And the same can be true of Joe Gomez. If Joe and Joel are playing enough that they don't get rusty, then they'll be fine. Um, so we can manage it through the year. The biggest hole, obviously, is that number six position. And then left back, if we're going to continue to play the back three, that's the other hole, because Robertson, for all the good stuff he does, doesn't suit that role at all. But, you know, we'll just have to see how the season plays out. we get ourselves to January. We can, in the interim, play a league team and a cup team. We can do that if they choose to, which is what they should do. They should have a league team and a cup team. And if everyone stays fit, that's what the teams are. Um, Liverpool youngster with fearless attitude explains surprise first team call-up. Trent Coney doherty was called to train with the first team, uh, which is great to see. That kid is really, really talented. I'm very, very excited about him. Trent Alexander-Arnold assists that goes viral, but it's completely fake. Uh, Jack Lusby deciding to just piss on everyone's parade. Um, According to various social media accounts, including Liverpool pages, Watch LFC, Anything Liverpool, the Anfield Buzz and the Cop Watch, Trent Alexander-Arnold has now assisted players in every position on the pitch. That means goalkeeper, centre-back, right-back, left-back, defensive midfield, central midfield, left-wing, right-wing and striker. Apparently no other player in footballing history had done so until Liverpool's number 66 pulled off the remarkable feat. Only he hasn't. Perhaps unsurprising, the statistic that is going viral on social media is entirely false, not least due to Robertson never have... Robertson, Alexander-Arnold never having assisted another right-back. That should not come as much of a shock, given he's played the majority of his senior football as a right-back. It has been suggested somehow that Alexander-Arnold's assist for right-back came when deployed in midfield, teeing up Kyle Walker. Well, Trent didn't play. He's injured. His only official assist for England while playing as a midfielder, was for Bikai Osaka. Um, In response to queries on which right-back Alexander-Arnold had set up, it was argued in some quarters that James Milner counted, given he played the role a number of occasions, not when Trent was in the team, though. Uh, Of course, he never assisted a goal for Milner in a square. Well, Milner only scored seven open play goals for Liverpool. Seven. In eight years. Seven open play goals for James Milner. And the majority of them came before Trent even got into the team. So we'll just, yeah, we'll just put that uh, social media garbage in in the bin. Uh, What else do we have here? Uh, Jurgen Klopp watches Liverpool Loney in person as goalkeeper finally debuts. 
Uh, Jürgen was at Mines. Is that where he was? Yeah, Jürgen was at Mines um, for an appearance as part of a farewell to the Sud Tribune stand at the German side's old stadium. Oh, that's... I, I knew he'd gone back. I didn't realise why they're knocking that stand to build a bigger one. And they played a long... Mines played a friendly and Sepp Vandenberg started and played 84 minutes. That's very cool. Uh, Jakob Orzinski, he played for Den Bosch and got his debut. Uh, Harvey Davies played for Crew and they beat Forest Green. Adam Lewis played the full 90 at left back for Newport County. Luke Hewitson played for Stally Bridge Celtic against Trafford. Anderson Arroyo was hooked at half time for Andorra FC. Uh, James Norris did not play. Yeah, there we go. That's Lone Watch caught up with. Uh, no Liverpool player has a rating above 89 in FIFA. EA Sports FC 24. Is it not just called... Well, it's not called FIFA anymore. Sure it's not. Yeah, EA Sports FC 24. It'll always just be FIFA. Um, Ali 89. How is Alisson 89? How is he not like 94? He's comfortably the best goalkeeper in the world. Kelleher 73. Adrian 72. Even Kelleher should be furious that Adrian is only one point lower than him. Trent, eight, sorry, Virgil 89, Trent 86, Robbo 86. Trent should be higher than Robbo. Ibu's only an 81, which is a farce. Matip is an 80, Gomez is 79, Connor uh, Costa Simicus is 77, Connor Bradley 69, and Gerald Quonset and Luke Chambers 62. Thiago is our highest rated midfielder at 84. Dominic and Alexis are 82s. Endo's an 80. Gravenberg and is a 79. Jones and Elliot are 77. Besetic is 72. And Bobby Clark is a 57. Salah's an 89. Again, how is he that low? Jot is 85. Diaz is 85. Gakbo's 83. Darwin is 82. Doak and Gordon are 62. Um, the FIFA ratings are always a nonsense, but there they are if anyone is curious. Uh, Saudi chief explains failed Mohamed Salah transfer. We close no doors. Okay. Time to prepare for more Jurgen Klopp Germany links after Flick dismissal. So Hansi Flick was fired as Germany manager. I believe the Germans got walloped by Japan over the weekend and Hansi was fired. Hansi Flick remains one of the better managers in the world, but international football, I don't think is his bag. I think he needs to be working day to day. I also think the German squad is largely garbage and um, a part of that is on Hansi, to be fair, because he has been responsible for picking some of this garbage. If we go through the current German squad just quickly, because what else of the fuck are we going to do? Um, it's not really a squad that's prepared to win anything, you know? Uh, goalkeepers, Tristegen is obviously excellent. Behind him, Trapp and Baumann. There's no young keeper. That could be called up. There's been no young goalkeeper called up in the last 12 months. The other two keepers who've been called up, Manuel Nauer, who's obviously an all-time great, but he is now past his best, and Bernd Leno. So every one of them is 31 or older. There's no young keepers coming through. 
in defence, Rudiger, the most overrated defender in history. And to be honest, if I had any decision-making power with the German FA, he would never play for the national team again after what he did for that. that I don't know which goal it is. I've only seen the clip. He passes the ball, I think, to Robin Golsons, who gets dispossessed. And they race down, Japan race down and score, and he just walks and then breaks into a jog. He'd never play again. The lack of effort is disgusting. Malik Thaw is a massive prospect, and I think he's going to be excellent. Jonathan Ta is not an international caliber footballer. Uh, Nico Schlotterbeck, very, very good young defender. He's got a huge ceiling as well. Nicolas Sula, not an international class defender. Him and, Ta, him and Jonathan Ta never developed at all. They hit a ceiling at about 22. In Ta's case, maybe 21. Sula did an, a bad knee injury and, and was never the same after. Uh, Benjamin Henricks, he's never developed. Robin Golson's he looked the business about four years ago, and he's gone rapidly backwards ever since. Uh, other defenders who've been picked, David Rahm, I do like him. Matthias Ginter, he's got 51 caps. He's not very good. Uh, Tilo Carrer, he's average, got 27 caps. Marius Wolf, average. No idea why he's in the squad. Lucas Kloisterman, I do like. He's a decent utility defender. You bring him as part of the squad. Uh, Josh Joshua Vagneman, again, I do like. And Armel Balakotchup. Those two, along with Schlotterbeck and Tio, they, they could be your centre-backs for the next decade. You could develop the four of them. But they all need to be in the squad and they all need to be getting picked regularly. Now, uh, Balakotchup is injured at the moment. So that's fine. Uh, Christian Gunter, he's not an international caliber player. Uh, midfielders, Joshua Kimmich is obviously a great player, but he needs a holding midfielder next to him to get the best of him. Kai Havertz, what's he been picked on the basis of? His name? Because certainly not his form. Felix Nemecha, I do very much like. I think he can be a huge player for them moving forward. Florian Wirtz is going to be a superstar. Julian Brand, he hasn't developed properly. Uh, Jonas Hoffman, I do quite like. I think he's a good squad player to have around. Ilke Gundigan's obviously great. Emre's very good. Uh, Pascal Grouse, look, I was actually delighted that he got his debut at 32 years of age because he's been playing great football for Brighton the last two years. So I don't think he's good enough to play for Germany anyway regularly. I was actually just delighted to hear that he got in his debut because um, I've, I've, I've really liked watching him for Brighton. Musial is going to be a star. Goretzka hasn't been good in two years. Mario Gotza, I've no idea why he's still in the squad. He hasn't been good in about nine years. Uh, Max Arnold's uh, solid, but he's not an international caliber player. And Marco Royce, I mean, if he's if he wants to be around the squad, you have him in the squad. Simple as that. In attack, Serge Nabry's been dreadful for a couple of seasons. Kevin Shadow, I do very much like. Thomas Muller, well past his best. Again, if he wants to be in the squad, you want him in the squad just for his experience and his leadership. Uh, and Leroy Sané is another one that has gone rapidly backwards, but obviously injuries played a big part there, which is an awful shame that him and Nabry, who should both be in their prime, now look well past their prime. Uh, Nicholas Fulkrug is is decent and he's effective, but that's about the height of it. Timo Werner, he'll score goals. He'll miss more, but he'll score goals. Uh, Mergen Berisha, solid player. I don't think he's international calibre. Adiyami, I think, is a big talent. Makoko is a big talent. And Lucas Nemecha, I do quite like as well. He's the brother of Felix Nemecha. So I think he would be worth having in the squad. So they've got Shade, They've got 
Adiemi, they've got McCoco. The problem is they don't have a young number nine. There's no standout young number nine. There's no standout young goalkeeper. There's no standout young central midfielder. There's a couple of attack attacking midfielders, but no standout central midfielder. And these are the problems that are going to face the next German manager. Now, Luca Nets could be the long-term option at left-back. I do very much like him. Um, of the strikers, there's none that really catch the eye outside of Makoko and Adeyemi and Shade. But again, they're all better sort of as wide forwards. Now, you could go Adeyemi right, Shade left, and Makoko to the middle and just try and destroy teams with pace and movement. And maybe that is their best bet, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. And then the problem is, I don't know how you get Verts and Musiala into that team because you can't play them as twin eights. So you can only play two of the young attackers, really. So it is. It's going to be tough for Germany. Like they're they're a long way away. I think from being really competitive. And it's such a shame they've got the Euros next summer. They would have wanted to go into that with a really strong team, but they're not going to. Uh, there's plenty of stuff on Liverpool.com you can check for yourselves. On AnfieldIndex.com, Liverpool's €30 million Euro bid for Elgif El- Elmas and why it was turned down. Uh, so one of the, the Italian outlets has claimed that we bid... 30 million for Elmas. I do like Elmas. I do think he's a good player. Uh, again, he's a number eight and not necessarily what we would be looking for, but he is actually good defensively. He could be converted into a six. He has the skill set, the builds, the mindset, the intelligence to be converted, but he is 23 now. It's the only issue. You ideally would have liked to have gotten him maybe, he'd be 24 actually in two weeks. Ideally, you would have got wanted to get him at 21 and, and mould him from there. Um, but he is a good player. I wouldn't be against uh, adding him at some point. Um, Delaney, Van Dyke's dip in form continues. It's this little Mig. It is, Miggledy. Same fellow was trying to pretend he had the inside track on the German national team manager hunt yesterday. Uh, the Dutch are there for the taking. Van Dyke looking vulnerable. Go away to fuck. <laughs> uh, from forward to midfield, Gakpo's evolution at Anfield. He's not going to be a midfielder. He just isn't going to be a midfielder. Simple as that. Klopp's uh, red... Reds brace for demanding 22-day football festival. Uh, yeah, the, the, the 22 days after the lads come back, we have seven games in 22 days. That's, that's pretty intense. Pretty intense. So let me just get some fixtures up here. See what we're working with. Uh, so... Wolves on Saturday, Lask on the Thursday, West Ham on the Sunday, 
Leicester in the cup on the, the Wednesday. Spurs on the Saturday. Union St. Gilles on the Thursday. Brighton on Sunday. That's fairly tough. However, five of those games we should win fairly comfortably. Do any games you're looking at there and you're a little bit concerned about are Spurs away and Brighton away? The other five, we should we should win them fairly comfortably. So if we can beat Wolves, West Ham, and get a point from one of the other games and then win the, the fourth. So if we take 10 points from those four league games, that's pretty good. Like you'd be very, very happy with that from those four games. And then we should win both Europa games and the cup game against Leicester. But I don't really care about the cup against Leicester. I wouldn't be against us going out. Then we'll go into the next international break. And when we come back out of that, it's Everton early on a Saturday in the Derby, followed by Toulouse on a Thursday night, Forest on a Sunday, and then Luton on the following weekend, the following Saturday. Um, Yeah, it is going to be a tough run. It is, but we should get through it. Um. And that's it, I think. We've just got the podcast left. And there are a few new ones. There's a new Money Talks, if you haven't heard it yet. Mo Chatra and the man who goes by the handle, a.k.a. Nizami. You'll know him from Discord as well as Twitter. Uh, financial expert. Give him a, give him a, a, give that a listen, I should say. Some really good insight. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. Very, very interesting stuff. Good, good stuff from the two boys. Uh, there is a scouted, myself and Carl had a look at our five favourite Premier League transfer windows. We'll be recording the European ones tomorrow. Um, there is a new scouser, Tommy's with Jim and Jay. So make sure you give that a listen. And there is a Pro Plus with Trev and Dave Davis, uh, just having a reflection on the old transfer window. So that's it. That's all I have today. Thanks as always. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.